Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. He sounds pretty good. He sounds pretty articulate. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Thursday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. Wolf, we got some good news. Phoenix Suns won a basketball game for the first time since May 10th. Everybody, calm down. I can't. Just calm down right now. The 36ers, obviously dominant, a dominant team. Now the Lakers are 0-2 in preseason. How does that feel? <laughs> Didn't have Anthony Davis last night. Um they don't typically. We'll get into basketball. I want to start with this uh, this football topic that we very lightly touched on yesterday, Wolf. But then you kind of crystallized it in the pre-show meeting, and I think I think it's a uh, it's very appropriate heading into this weekend's game against the Philadelphia Eagles. There are a lot of similarities, and you've been watching more and more tape on the Eagles. A lot a lot of similarities between what the Eagles are doing on offense right now. And I would say what the Cardinals were doing on offense a year ago. It's what the Cardinals are trying to do on offense right now. Yeah, you know, honestly, you watch it on tape right now. The Philadelphia Eagles basically are the Arizona Cardinals from 2021. And the Arizona Cardinals, I would say, largely of the first four games of 2022. Um, yeah, that's what they're doing right now. Both of these teams lead the league in shotgun. That's who they are. It's all about the shotgun with the Arizona Cardinals, and it's all about the shotgun as well with the Philadelphia Eagles. Very interesting, the similarities. It's almost like the Cardinals are looking at themselves in a mirror. See, that raises that, that right there raises my antenna as far as paying attention to the Eagles the rest of this season. Like you can go in a lot of di- different directions with that knowledge right there because what do you f- mean? I, I mean, well, my first thought is okay. So that means the Eagles are going to take the league by storm for about the first <laughs> two months and then trail off. They're four and zero right now. All of a sudden, they're going to be what seven and zero? Is that what you're saying? And then AJ Brown is going to get hurt? <laughs> well, <laughs> out? No, I mean I'm just saying that if if they really, we're going to find out how viable this offense is if they are really running the same offense that the Cardinals are running that that closely. Because we were talking yesterday, okay, they have the same, you got a similar style of quarterback. You've got very talented receiving core. You've got, the Eagles don't rely on just one running back. They've been relying more on Miles Sanders this year than they typically do. But the Cardinals offensively should be able, should be able to match what the Eagles are are doing offensively, but they're not doing it this year. Uh, But as you're taking a deeper look at it and saying, okay, they're actually running the same offense, I'm kind of intrigued now to see, does this fall apart for the Eagles at the end of the season? Is it the offense or or is it execution, injuries, whatever? But if it if it really is the offense, then that means Philadelphia, in theory, should trail off as this season goes on, too. Uh, you know, they play a different schedule than the Cardinals did last year. And, and like you said, does that mean A.J. Brown's not playing? But I'm going to be paying attention to Philadelphia more closely beyond this game than I maybe normally would. Yeah, it was really startling, again, to see this team and watch tape on the Eagles. Um, both teams, they love 11 personnel. Now, they're, listen, there's a lot of teams in the league that love 11 personnel. One back, one tight end, three wide receivers. A lot of teams that love it, but both these teams, they love shotgun. They lead the league in shotgun, as a matter of fact. And the only one who does more shotgun, I believe, than the Arizona Cardinals by a few percentage points 
the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> All right? So that's interesting to me as well. That both these teams have elite dual-threat quarterbacks in Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray, and both of them embrace spread concepts, of course, and the horizontal game as well, even in short-yardage situations. I've seen it. The difference right now the Philadelphia Eagles have executed very, very well. Yeah. And you know what? It's This offense is more new to them than it has been to the Arizona Cardinals. People have had years now to break down Kyler Murray and this offense. Well, and that's, that's why I wonder where this is all going for Philadelphia. You know I was high on them coming into the season. And, like, I'm looking at the end of their, their season schedule. They have the Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Saints, and Giants. So we may not see a late-season Eagles collapse just based on the teams that they are playing. And I'm not saying they're going to collapse, but with so much being made about how Cliff is running this offense right now and how it's it's not good enough and how they got to change it and I you know I, I tend to agree with a lot of that but I don't hear Nick Sirianni getting any criticism because his team is 4 and 0. Yeah. And so yep. How much of it is execution? How much of it is coaching? Yeah, you know what I wonder as well um the Arizona Cardinals know their personnel very very well. Would you say that's a true statement? Um I would hope yeah, so. I would think they know their personnel very well. I think they know their scheme very well, also. So, um, this should be a situation where you know where to attack Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. That's something that is a little interesting as well. uh, To your point, in regard to there's so many different facets to this story, this is definitely one of them. How familiar is this offense, then? to the Arizona Cardinals. Well, along those lines, you would look at logic and say, okay, logic dictates that the Cardinals are maybe a little better suited to be the team that ends Philadelphia's run than just a typical 2-2 two and two team, right? Because yes. of that familiarity. Because, yes. hey, well, what, what are they running over there? They're running what we run. And they have similar personnel. Like, we should we should know how to stop them. It's going to come down to who executes better. But Correct. if you're a 2-2 two and two team playing an undefeated team, I think you'd almost take that, right? Of, okay, let's, let's turn this into a coin flip. Yeah, and you know what's so fascinating about this is... Nick Sirianni, of course, um, brilliant head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, and Cliff Kingsbury, also a brilliant head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, these two guys right now, when it comes to offensive football, they are brilliant. Yet at the same time, they know each other so well, and they know the offenses so well, that now this is going to be a situation where... You would imagine the Arizona Cardinals would have an advantage, in my opinion, in regard to how to stop Jalen Hurts. How to stop Jalen Hurts. But as we're talking, the more I'm thinking, Wolf, is is the teams that have seen the Cardinals a few times and know what they're going to, to do on offense, the Cardinals offense does not look very good against those teams, even up to and including Carolina in the first half last week. I mean, the, the Panthers have seen the Cardinals four straight years now, and there were some plays in there where they, they just seemed to know what the Cardinals were going to run. So I wonder if the Cardinals are going to be able to do anything to surprise Philadelphia, even if that is as simple as what you've talked about. Don't worry about surprising them. Just go right at them. Yeah. That might surprise Philadelphia this week. Just go right at them. Forget about the horizontal. Just go right at them. This would be the for me. This would be the perfect game to put Kyler Murray under center. I know people are running right now from their radios. I'm sorry. I, I actually I'm not. I don't apologize at all. 
Now would be the perfect time to say, you know what we're going to do? Um, you think you know our offense? You think the, the Philadelphia Eagles also have been looking at film and going, man, you know what? They look an awful lot of a, They look just like we do, as a matter of fact. Yes, the Eagles know their offense and know their scheme very well, and therefore they know the Arizona Cardinals very well. Now, all of a sudden, if you put Kyler Murray, can you imagine if you surprise and you come out and you're you're doing a ton of under center as opposed to um, what you've shown on tape? That could be an advantage for the Cardinals. We'll yeah, see. If you do it. Uh, this is Jalen Hurts yesterday, and the, the setup for this, Wolf, is indicative of how the Cardinals are being viewed going into this game. This is being viewed as, okay, the Eagles are going to be 5-0. and Who do they have next week? Now, yeah. And maybe that's fair. The Cardinals, the Cardinals have not looked good. Don't get me wrong. They've looked very bad for six of the eight halves. They were entertaining for another one, and I would say they look good in the second half against Carolina. But uh, Philadelphia media availability yesterday with Jalen Hurts, okay, they go through, and there's about 10 minutes of media availability, and they're asking him about all these different things, you know, how his breakout season and this and that. And, and at the end of the, uh, the media availability, ability wolf Jalen Hurts stopped everybody and said well since you didn't ask me about the Cardinals really at all here I'm going to say something I will say this too um I didn't get any questions about the Cardinals for real this this game so I don't want y'all thinking this is this is a really good team we're about to play they 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 have a really good defense disruptive up front um they have speed on on the back end so um Let's, let's not set the precedent for that. This is a good football team. Oh, yeah. The Cardinals are going to be out there, too, on Sunday, Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> that that line right there, A, I mean, I already respected Jalen Hurts. Makes me respect him more. But, B, wouldn't it be great if the Cardinals were the team that ended the Philadelphia undefeated <laughs> season? Just to hear all the Philadelphia media like, well, we lost to who? What? What, what team? Yeah. First of all, it just speaks to Jalen Hurts, to your point. I'm sorry. Class act. It's one of the reasons why um, I love him. One of the reasons why I think a lot of people out there love the work of Jalen Hurts and root for Jalen Hurts and hope that this guy lights up the league the rest of the way after the Cardinals game, of course. But um, starting Monday. Yeah, class act by him right there. And you know what? Um, I love the fact the Cardinals got dissed. I, you know me. I, what I, were they just talking about just, for ten minutes? Just, just cheesesteaks and cream no cheese, idea. or what? I have no idea. But you know what? Honestly, good for Philly. Yeah, they're looking right past the Arizona Cardinals. Well, the media definitely is. You've That's... got, you know what? For me, if I'm inside that locker room, you've got a lot to prove, don't you? All right, we come back. We'll get to basketball, and it was a preseason game. It was a win over the Lakers. That's nice, but uh, that could have been costly for the Suns. We'll get into the injuries to Cam Johnson and campaign. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I like that. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, welcome back to the show. Phoenix Suns get the win last night over the Lakers. It is preseason, so it's so enjoyable to beat the Lakers, but it is preseason. But um, coming out of the game, though, Wolf, you've got finger injuries for Cam Johnson and campaign, and you know, it doesn't sound like it's the end of the world, but with less than two weeks until the start of the season... It kind of highlights the fact that this team isn't extremely deep right now. Yeah, it does. I mean, there's no way to hear that news last night during the game and think, okay, what if what if the season opener was tonight? And what if Cam Johnson and campaign couldn't go? 
That's <laughs> you don't really have a sixth man right now, and if you do, it's campaign, and you don't have Jay Crowder to plug in for Cam Johnson. I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't know He's what to say. He's technically still on the roster. I don't know what to say about it right now. It does not appear as though the Suns bench is going to be as deep or as effective right now, just looking at the roster, not based on what we've seen in preseason. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about overall, the roster, looking at it. You know, yeah, you do worry a little bit about the bench because Cam Johnson is going to be starting, of course. Um, the thumb is not good. The thumb, of course, if you were going to hurt one one finger um, on a hand, I would say the thumb would be the worst. And I think most people understand why that would be. Hmm. So never, you don't want to do the thumb. I've Any other finger, that way. you'd be okay for the most part. Feels like a conversation from Goodfellas or something. Well, like, which, just, which finger do you right, want to hurt the least? Right? You just, we're going to break your thumb. Yeah. Have you ever heard I that? I guess you'd prefer pinkies instead of thumbs. You know, the thumbs. thumb, of course. The opposable thumb. Yeah, you need it's, the thumb. Yeah, yeah, it's you really, really right there. It, it allows you to grab things and doing a lot of things with that opposable thumb. Tough to tough to dribble without the uh, thumb or shoot, I would imagine, uh, without the thumb at full help, health. So Cam Johnson only played four minutes last night. Devin Booker, 22 points in 25 minutes. Again, we're not going to get too deep into the stats, although I will say <laughs> Jock Landale, 14 points in 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, man, I guess let's just whip this up, man. Let's just get crazy about this preseason game right now. Well, I'm trying to avoid one specific topic that I'm not going what, what is the topic that you want you don't want to talk about, I guess? Okay. So I know everybody is critical of DeAndre Ayton. I know that's kind of a thing, right? <laughs> if, you knew it was gonna be DA, you knew it. If you were DA and you felt slighted or you felt like, hey, why isn't my coach why you know, why is he treating me a little bit differently than I'm used to? Or why didn't my team run out to give me the extension? Why did they take Indiana? Uh, or if you felt like the fans, some of the fan base was too critical of you or whatever. Wouldn't you actually come out and just set the preseason on fire? Yes. And he did not. He yes. just it was a lot of like kind of fadeaway shots, which he can you know, he's he hit some, but he didn't hit them last night. I just this preseason, which would mean nothing, yeah. um, you know, in terms of the actual standings, the one player this preseason that could do anything that would get Suns fans fired up in these four meaningless games would be if D.A. was just out there dunking all over the place <laughs> and putting up. I don't even care about the numbers if he was just emphatically controlling these games. And he did not last night. What do you want me to say about this right now? <laughs> I want because you to apologize I, I, to me. I, say something that'll make me feel. I better. don't. I don't understand either. I. I, I don't. I. I, un, I don't understand what is going on with DeAndre Ayton because you would think right now, yeah, you know what, um, things aren't great. I would imagine between he and Monty, things aren't great. And if in fact I'm right on this, that they're waiting to see. Okay, we're going to treat him differently. We're going to treat him differently on this. We've coddled him maybe and. And we're not going to coddle him anymore. As a matter of fact, you got paid. Go play. And this is how we want you to play. And if you don't play like that, okay, fine. We've tried everything else. We've tried everything else. And nothing has worked with you. Just to be more aggressive, I told you this yesterday. If DeAndre Ayton just did one thing, if he just did one thing differently this year, that one thing could turn into a career for him and change his career arc right now. And that one thing 
is dunking a basketball as opposed to laying it up. One thing, one yeah. change, one one mindset saying, I'm underneath the rim, I'm close to it, and I am going to break your fingers if you go up and try to block this shot. Just ram it down. I honestly, I don't. I don't understand how that thought does not permeate his every move. But we said that last year. No, but this is what I'm saying right now. This is what Monty, I think, and the Suns are waiting to see. Are you going to do that or are you not? Because if you change that one thing, I'm not talking about anything else, but that mindset of saying, I'm going to slam it down. Oh, you're going to try to defend me? You're going to try to keep me from doing it? I'm going to break your wrist. If he just had that kind of mentality, it could bloom and blossom into changing his game well, he, how he plays. He's the sort of player, if he if he becomes that sort of player, there is no conversation about January 15th anymore, if he becomes that guy. Then he's, yes. no, we signed this guy and we're not trading him. And we'll I think lost. that's what the Suns are doing. Uh, I, I think you're probably on to something there, honestly. They've they've tried other stuff. Okay, he got paid. Let's, let's change a little bit around him. Let's change how we, we're not going to treat him differently than everybody else. We're not going to be like, hey, we got to motivate DA today. He was great on Tuesday, but for some reason on Thursday, we got to get him motivated. I don't think, I, I think Monty is a cross between fed up with that and also, yes. okay, let's try something different. Um, but as we're talking, I'm just sort of having the sickening realization that DeAndre Ayton, for as, as much of, of a focus of conversation he was his rookie year and his second year, and even as, as much of a focus of conversation as he was last year, it's almost going to be heightened this year, Wolf, if you really think about it. You know, there's going to be storylines that, that happen with this team during the season that are going to take our attention towards that. But on a typical Wednesday night game when the Suns are playing the Portland or something, sure. the focus is, is not going to be on, hey, is Devin Booker getting better? Devin Booker's pretty good. The focus is going to be on DeAndre Ayton got his money. Why isn't he better? Or on the days when he is, it's going to be like, look, they paid him and he got better. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying from us on the show. I'm just saying from the fan base in general. I'm <laughs> saying on Twitter. Yeah, you know, you, you have to ask yourself right now, do you think that DeAndre Ayton is going to be here? Are, are, do they have any bet? Is there a betting line on this right here, DeAndre oh, Ayton, and whether he's going to be here? Us that. Whether DeAndre Ayton is going to be here or not, I would imagine that, um, listen, they'll bet on anything out there. I would imagine. You, you could bet on if Aaron Judge wasn't going to break <laughs> the American League record like two weeks ago. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure there's a line on Right now, the needle is pointing down. We've, we've been through two preseason games. And to your point, though, wouldn't you think if you if you had the red butt, as my old coach used to say, the red butt, okay, he said it a different way than that, but you got a chap butt, basically. That's what he's talking about. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you just go out there in a preseason game and you couldn't wait to show Monty, you know what, Monty, I want you to shut it. And the best way to shut it is watch this. That's what he said. That's he was what he said. Do, right? Yeah, that's what I he can said. show he him better than I can tell I him. Can show him, better. and just throw it down. And everything, everything is a statement. Every minute you're on the floor is a statement to Monty Williams and everyone else that may have doubted you and the capacity you have to actually changing your career. Well, and it's in theory easier to go out there and have that statement game in a preseason game when 
maybe it matters a little bit more to you because of the context leading up to it. But I'm guessing it doesn't matter all that much to Russell Westbrook. When he's out there. <laughs> or right, LeBron. Right. You know what I mean? So like yep. maybe you can maybe that's the game where where you can make that statement a little more easily than you can against Philadelphia <laughs> with like, you know, playoff seating on the line for each team or whatever. And the other part of it is, Wolf, if if the if the thought last week was okay, DA's angry and he's gonna play angry this year. Well, he's more likely to be angry a week after all that than he is five and a half months after all that. Yeah. What was Monty talking about yesterday, of course? Habit stamina. Habit stamina. In other words, you play like you practice, and you practice like you play. Everything you do, even in a preseason game, you're going to go out and you're going to show me that you're going to do it in an aggressive, physical way. That's not happening. Habit, stamina. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Injuries are piling up on the offensive line for the Cardinals. So how does that bode against Philadelphia and their pass rush on Sunday? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. October, and this was a great movie. There's no doubt about it. Oh my goodness! They're making a new one, or they may have already just made Please. a new one. They're making a new one. Yes. What do you mean? I think it based on the original. I, I mean, or... they're filming a bunch of people acting, and they're going to release it in theaters. So, what is that? Um, certainly not a sequel, is it? No, I think it's, <laughs> it's part thirty-eight. Let's see what's the new Halloween movie coming out? I think it's like this week. Stunning. I have no idea, but. The offensive line for the Arizona Cardinals right now, it's a little scary. Not for me personally, but maybe Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals offense. Well, all right. You're facing the team with, what did you say yesterday, four players on pace for double-digit sacks in Philadelphia. Um, four. Four. Is uh, the that number. seems excessive. Like, calm down, Philadelphia. You don't need that many. They have 16 sacks as a team. That leads the NFL. What's your point? Well, my point is that the Cardinals on the injury report yesterday uh, limited was DJ Humphreys with a hamstring issue. Okay, wait a minute. Limited, limited. was DJ Humphreys yeah. with a hammy. Yeah. Limited. Um, okay, it gets worse, doesn't it? Well, yeah, because then you had did not practice. Justin Pugh. Justin elbow. Pugh. Oh, oh, I hurt my elbow. <laughs> It's not actual audio of Justin Pugh in case people are driving around and being like, what was that? Was that Do you remember the movie? No. Oh, I hurt my elbow. Is this going to be a movie I should know? Okay, forget about Maloney it. Maloney doesn't nobody, know nobody either, so okay. Uh, okay, that's fine. So, are you not going to tell us? Who else? <laughs> I'll tell you at the end of the beautiful right. part of the program. Uh, Rodney Hudson didn't practice. Knee. Rodney Hudson didn't practice. 
Did you see the play he got hurt on? The bad snap yeah. over yeah. Kyler Murray? Uh, but I was where distracted the guy by the snap going 15 feet over Kyler's head. Right, exactly. It yeah. is. But where the guy cut his legs out? Yeah, that, was, that seemed a little unnecessary. Will Hernandez as well. I, I've never seen a defensive lineman do that in that situation. Stunning. Well, the good news is Will Hernandez isn't on this injury report, although he did get thrown out of the last game, but he'll be good to go at least. Uh, and some of these guys may be good to go, too. But how many have I read you now? Rodney Hudson, uh, yeah, DJ Humphreys, DJ Justin Humphreys, Pugh. Rodney Hudson, and uh, Justin Max Pugh. Garcia didn't practice. Toe issue. Max Garcia. Okay, he didn't. Man, the offensive line right now, what a mess. Kelvin Beecher didn't practice either, but it was just rest. Okay, so they're all banged up. This is not the week to be banged up. Thus, the Halloween music. How terrifying. How terrifying for Kyler Murray or anyone else who's going to touch the ball when the biggest guys on the team, when the guys that are assigned to protect you, are not going to be out there, <laughs> all right? Or you're going to have a lot of guys that, I don't know, don't have a ton of experience being out there. I mean, this is this is bad. Everything Especially seems worse this with this music. You got Brandon Graham coming off the edge. Is huh? Calvin Beach? And what's wrong with Calvin Beach? Nothing. It's just he, in rest. fact, he's rested, so he rest. should be at 100%. Okay, it was just rest for him. DJ Humphrey's got a hammy. Mm. That be problematic in pass sets for DJ Humphreys? Yes, it could be, especially if Hassan Reddick is coming off the edge. Hassan's got- <laughs> I love that Hassan Reddick has a little bit of a burst. Um, that could be problematic. Fletcher Cox. Command and control. You that asked for good. the music. Fletcher Cox. Um. Oh no! Look, everybody. It's a guy who's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He has to be the most successful Fletcher in in NFL history. Oh, First name Fletcher. Man, that's great. I don't know a lot of Fletchers. Yeah. They, wow. What if they call him Fletch? Uh, probably. You think they call him? Fletch? You know they're remaking Fletch. No. Yeah. That's already out. Vince saw it. Vince Murata, who works here, just saw it like two weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. John Hamm as Fletch. Oh my goodness. Any other movie uh, trivia you want? No, I was just going to say right now. Not Chevy. They did, they're not they have, did not have Chevy Chase. Not going to have. No. I mean, they is had Chevy John still doing well? Do you imagine? I think so, but I don't know that he's on a lot of movies. Okay. At, at this um, point. So right now, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they get after the quarterback as well as anybody in the football universe. The problem is, of course, they don't stop the run. But if your offensive line is all banged up and the guys you're running out there are banged up, and then maybe you're running other guys that are out there that didn't get a lot of work with the other guys that are out there on the field, you can see the problem right now. The one area you've got to take advantage of the Philadelphia Eagles defense is running the ball. And, oh, I don't know, Rodney Hudson's not out there. Justin Pugh's not out there. Rodney Hudson is talking about running the ball, though. 
Yeah, here's Rodney Hudson from yesterday. I don't know what day it is. Yeah, yesterday. I don't know. You know, I, you know, I would say is when we prepare for a team. You know, we watch tape and see who they are. And usually on Sundays they are who they are. So, uh, you know, obviously everybody has wrinkles to stop what you're doing, but uh, it's pretty consistent. Whoever you watch on tape and what they do, that's usually you know what they do on Sundays. So those were his thoughts on teams not respecting the Cardinals' running game. He also had thoughts on playing next to two backup guards. It's a challenge, obviously. Uh, you know, playing next to different people, uh, but saying that those guys, you know, prepare well and, and step in and do a good job. Look, as long as Rodney Hudson's playing next to two backup guards, let's start there. He's yeah. the one you got to have back. Yeah, 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 it does start there. Um, you know, Calvin Beach, him, okay, he needs some rest. <laughs> okay, he's fine. See, I feel good I've about Beach. Get that out he was smart. He rested up. He's okay, good to Calvin go. Beach, him, is fine. DJ Humphreys is a dog, and I would imagine DJ's going to gut it out. Shoot me up, Don. You can well, yeah, let's see. How bad is that ham to shoot? The blue juice doesn't really flow well uh, in the hammy. No, I, that, no doctor, but that doesn't sound good at all. But uh, DJ was out there yesterday. He was limited. So I'm assuming if he's limited on a Wednesday, barring a setback, as I play doctor on the radio without having right. seen DJ Humphreys in a month in right. person, yeah, I'll go ahead and I say just, he should be good to go. Right now, the, the prospect of going into this game where you know the one thing you've got to be able to do is hammer the ball, especially in a north-south fashion. Attack this front seven. Attack this front six of the Philadelphia Eagles. And blow them off the ball. And your offensive line is a mess. And the one thing they do well, so if they can shut down the run, if they can do that, the one thing they do well, the Eagles, is rush the passer and take the ball away from you and sack your quarterback. You can see the problem. It's not rocket science this week. It's John Carpenter. Next Thursday. I don't think he's alive. Well, when he he started all the Halloween movies. So I guess I should have asked the question. I'm going to figure out during the break how many Halloween movies there are. That's going to be my break. While you run off and get coffee and hobnob with people and get back to the segment late, I'm going to be in here doing hard work. Um, Be terrified. Be very afraid. It's not not an ideal way to go into a game against uh, a team with the, uh, the best pass rush in the NFL right now. All right, it is your last chance to win tickets to see Black Keys next Monday at Auction Pavilion for the Dropout Boogie Tour. <laughs> Just head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and to enter. We come back, Wolf. d season ended yesterday, so what should the team be prioritizing this offseason? Maybe some uh, some end-of-the-season awards, too. That's next, the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Be afraid. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, D-backs wrapped up the season yesterday afternoon. Wolf in Milwaukee against the Brewers. Got the win. Always good to end the season on a, uh, on a high note, I guess. They finished plus 22 in wins over last year. If you could do that every year, you'd be in pretty good shape in like two years. Yeah. Honestly, the direction of the Diamondbacks right now, um, I realize 
that um, they were still well under 500. But for the most part, anybody that has watched this team over the last five years, you have reason to believe. You really do. You have reason to believe that this team is going to get better over the coming seasons. Yeah. And they've built something that I think is a little sustainable going forward. I was thinking about this. I always apparently I have like my most uh, profound show thoughts on the way into work. Maybe it's the traffic. The um, the improvement of twenty two games. Like to me, there's three things the D backs now have to do over the course of the next, let's say, year. Okay, one is develop. Continue to develop. I don't think you have to change anything. Just continue to develop what you've, you've, you've been doing with your younger players. And obviously, any of them that come up and need to be paid, you're going to have to pay them. Now, that really is only going to be Zach Gallen uh, for now. So that's one. <laughs> that's one big thing. Uh, the second thing, obviously, is the bullpen. That uh, goes without saying at this point. The third thing, Wolf, is what? Okay, so plus 22 in wins this year. If you just say it like that, it's like, wow, okay, that is that is legitimate progress. Yes. That's undeniable. I mean, that is huge progress to win 22 more games one year over the next. But they were really bad last year. So like you just said, 74 wins still has you way below 500. What sort of win total improvement as we sit here on October 6th do you think they need to hit next year? Because I think above you, 500. Yeah, I think you still need to add another 10 wins next yeah. year. Yeah, no, I think above 500 is a good place to um, start. You know, but um, going forward, so much of it has got to do with these young guys and how these young guys are going to continue to develop. Um, that's why, you know, for me, when I think of the end of the year, I think of a banquet. <laughs> and we always used to have that, a banquet at the end of the year. You know, whatever sport you were in in high school, there was always a banquet yep. at the end of the year to close out the the sport. And um, for whatever reason, uh, I still feel that way. Whenever a sport ends, okay, um, what's the banquet? And who gets the awards at the banquet? And one guy, I was thinking about this. What's the one guy you're most fired up about going into spring training? What would be that guy? The one guy on the Diamondbacks team that you're most fired up about going into next year? There's a lot of candidates. Yeah. You could go in a lot of different directions right now. Um, I, I think it, it, it has to be Corbin Carroll for me because of just the unknown still. But I will say this. My answer is a lot closer to Jake McCarthy's a lot closer to the top now than he would have been if you had asked me that question three months ago. Because three months ago, I saw Jake McCarthy as, okay, yeah, this guy, you know, he's, he's a decent prospect. Oh, look, he's kind of getting some hits. Finished the season with, what, 23 stolen bases? Yeah. 321 at bats? Yes. I mean, project that out over a full season. You're looking at like a 40 stolen base guy if he's going to run that much. In addition to he had eight home runs, he a 283 batting average. I believe that was the best on the team. You know, youngster or vet. Yeah, 283. Nobody was even close to that other than Stone Garrett. So yes. uh, McCarthy's up there, but it, if, I, it still has to be Corbin Carroll because of the unknown. See, for me right now, the, the one guy I'm most fired up about going into next year, this is a completely different direction and a different answer. It's Zach Gallen. Listen, um, he became a Cy Young candidate this year. And going forward, that should be the expectation for Zach Allen. Going forward, it's finally here. Honestly, you could look at this season and you could say, this is the breakout season for Zach Allen. This is it. 
This is what we expected. How many innings did he go without giving up a run? How many scoreless innings in a row? This is what we expected out of Zach Allen right here. He has truly become the ace of this staff. Not only in his stuff, but also in his production. And because of that, to me, that is the one guy that's got... uh, He has arrived past tense. And now, what's he going to do going forward? I think we can expect... He's going to be in the running for Cy Young's going forward. Uh, yeah, and I keep going back to what Brent Strom said when he first got here of his some of his other pitching coach friends out there around the league. When he got here, they were like, yeah, "If you don't turn this kid into a Cy Young, at least you know candidate finalist or whatever, you're doing something wrong." And I would say Wolf pretty instantly he has him on that track. If Zach Gallen pitched the way he did for the second half of the season all season long. I mean, it's tough to win major awards like that when your team doesn't make the playoffs. Sure. But you can win a Cy Young without your team making the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if he pitches the way he did second half of the season, he's going to be in the conversation next year. And he is the guy we can talk about, the Jake McCarthys and the Corbin Carrolls and Dalton Varshows and Alec Thomas, all these guys, all these young players that are breaking through. But um, if you're talking about, if you want to go down the path of could the D-backs make the playoffs next year, Aside from the bullpen conversation, Zach Allen is the one that even allows you to have that conversation with a straight face. So you're 100% right there. No, I, I know. And that's what's got me jacked up right here. Because once again, Zach Allen, everyone's talked about Zach Allen. He's the ace of the staff. He's the ace of the staff. He, he, he's the ace of the staff. But it was all based on stuff. The stuff that he had. And not as much production. And yet, what he did this year, this was his breakout year as far as I'm concerned. I look at this and say, this was his introduction to the rest of baseball and the baseball universe. And because of that... Man, I'm jacked up for him going forward because of the confidence he can glean from this. The the knowledge that he has that he does have everything that you need in order to go out and win. And I think that's an attitude just talking uh, yesterday, of course, to Mike Fitzgerald, right? We were talking to him in that regard. The the just going out in the culture that needs to take over the clubhouse is that culture right there. The expectation we're good and we're going to be good. Isn't that right, Zach Gallon? Apparently, everybody needs to start listening to Dave Matthews pregame before they go out there and pitch or hit. Remember that was that was Zach Gallon's thing. He told us that early in the season. His playlist. He hadn't like updated it since. It's all like '90s music from I think probably before Zach Gallon was even old enough to be playing baseball. But uh, but it worked. Whatever Zach Gallon was doing, more people on this team need to do. Now you mentioned Mike Fitzgerald was on with us yesterday, and the conversation inevitably shifted to the bullpen. We kind of want to figure out where our feet are at, um, what are the things that, that we're buying going into next year uh, being sustainable, what, what are the areas of focus that we got to lock in on. Um, I think the big one that everybody feels right now uh, is, is being able to, to close leads late in games and, and converting those into Ws. So, you know, we, we got 46 games this year where unfortunately we were no worse than tied in the sixth inning or later and, and ended up taking a loss in those games. And so I think the general feeling around the group is we left a lot of chips on the table and we got to figure out ways – Moving forward in 2023 to, to clean that up. Now that's it right there, Wolf. Moving forward, we can talk about we can talk about everything else. But the stat he just gave: 46 times this season, 
where they were no worse than tied in the sixth inning or later, and they lost those games? Wow. So if you're looking at the playoffs, the playoffs start tomorrow. D-backs won 74 games this season. Just as a reference point, what would get you in? 87 wins got you in the playoffs. That's Philadelphia, the third wild card. So let's just say next year you need, let's just say 88 wins. You need 14 more wins than you got this year. Okay. Well, there's 46 right there. Could you just go 14 and 32 in those games? Oh, my goodness. That's staggering. It really is. But, you know, um, we all know the bullpen needs to be fixed. We all get that. But you mentioned you mentioned Corbin Carroll going forward. And I think at the end of the year banquet, once again, that's what you're going to do. One young gun. Name one young gun right now. And it's not easy. It really is not easy. When you look at the Diamondbacks roster and you think of those that contributed the way that they did this year, one young gun going forward that you can't wait to see in spring training. Man, for me, it's interesting. It's Alec Thomas. Is it? Yes, I thought it you is. might go down that path. It's Alec we Thomas. Because all season, I, I feel like for me, it was Alec Thomas, and for you, it was Corbin Carroll. It was Corbin Carroll. There's no doubt about it. I think Corbin Carroll's going to be awesome. I think he's going to be fantastic. But Alec Thomas, what did they do? They sent you down. Why did they send you at the end of the year, especially, too? Why did they send you down? You know what, man? I can't wait to see Alec Thomas because I think he might have the red butt. Yeah, how do you respond? And that's funny because Mike Hazen last week told us, look, we did that with Jake McCarthy a couple times. It's just it, this happens to be at the end of the season. McCarthy had the chance to instantly respond, and each time uh, he came back up, he did get better. Uh, all right, do the Cardinals have enough at wide receiver to keep up with the Eagles on Sunday? We're going to ask 15-year NFL vet Lorenzo Alexander. He will join us for the lowdown next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.